Thanks for joining us for part one of our two-episode Seifarth Shaw Policy Matters Fireside Chat with the former director of USDOL's Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs, Craig Lean. Lee, the first episode looks at OFCCP's accomplishments and activities during the Trump administration. And the second part of our conversation addresses anticipated policy shifts under President Biden. For full context, we recommend listening to both pieces in order. I'm Scott Hecker, Senior Counsel in Cypart's DC office. I'm a member of the firm's Labor and Employment Group with a focus on workplace safety, wage hour, and government relations and policy. Prior to joining the firm, I spent about 12 years in various positions with USDOL's Solicitor's Office and Wage and Hour Division. And as I said, we're honored to have Craig Lean join the Policy Matters podcast today. Craig headed OFCCP from December 2018 through the end of the Trump administration, so he has a unique perspective on OFCCP's operations. Craig is now a professorial lecturer in law at George Washington Law School, a faculty member at the Institute for Workplace Quality, and a member of CIRCA's Board of Directors. Thanks for being with us today, Craig. Thank you, Scott. It's a real pleasure. Good to be here. For those who, we appreciate it. Uh, For those who may not be familiar with OFCCP, the office ensures federal contractors and subcontractors comply with the legal requirements to take affirmative action and to not discriminate on the basis of race, color, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, religion, national origin, disability, or status as a protected veteran. It also prohibits federal contractors and subcontractors from discharging or otherwise discriminating against employees or applicants who ask about, discuss, or disclose their or theirs or others' compensation. Did I get that right, Craig? You did. You did. Thank you to our former employer, DOL's website, for that overview. Much appreciated <laughs> to them. Uh, now, jumping into our conversation. Um, first off, what would you say were OFCCP's biggest accomplishments under the Trump administration? What would you identify as the achievement you know, you're most proud of? Thank you, Scott. Uh, there are a number of them. Uh, you know, the one that probably jumps out the most is that we essentially doubled recoveries during the Trump administration, uh, civil rights recoveries uh, for compensation and hiring discrimination. And that's something I'm very proud of. And we had our two most successful years in history in fiscal year 19 and fiscal year 20 in terms of the amount of recoveries that we achieved. And they were by a lot. Those were by far the two highest years in the agency's history. So that's one thing, uh, which shows that we did have a robust enforcement program. And, uh, and, and I don't think anyone can really question that. Second, uh, the, what I call the PDN rule, but which, is, which was regulations governing the process by which OFCCP assesses whether a company uh, is violating non-discrimination obligations and really created an entire internal, internal process that before was just done by custom and could vary from case to case. We created an entire internal administrative process And we built into that uh, substantive standards that the agency would have to meet to be able to proceed with a discrimination claim, which I believe will lead to stronger cases in the long run. We're very proud of that. And it's a very complex and uh, comprehensive rulemaking. But in the end, the the outcome of it was a much more streamlined process, a clear process, a fair process. Uh, the third was uh, IRCA programs. Uh, I call them the IRCA, I call it the IRCA program, but it's Early Resolution uh, uh, Procedures Program, which allowed the agency to resolve cases much quicker. 
uh, and earlier, instead of having cases that would go three or four or five years, and by cases, I mean an administrative case. So this is even before litigation, but an administrative case that goes four or five years, that is extremely inefficient. So we created an early resolution program that, that could resolve cases within a year or, or, or two at most. But the idea of the program was that you could, we would settle a case prior to a finding. So if we made, if we saw that there was a problem area and we raised it with the company and the company wanted to fix it, they could fix it right away with us and then we could move on to another audit. So that was very good. The focus review programs, we created five of them. Um, the one that I talk about the most is, is the one that was the most advanced of the five uh, and the earliest of the five, which is the Section 503 focus review program, which was a huge focus by OCCP on disability inclusion and on Section 503 of the Rehabilitation Act. And we came out with a lot of uh, best practices, uh, um, guides, checklists, different things that companies could do to make sure that they were fully including people with disabilities in employment. And then, you know, lastly would be compliance assistance and dispute resolution. Uh, we, we issued uh, three technical assistance guides. We entered into a number of memorandums of understanding with stakeholder, with stakeholder groups, trade associations, uh, with the EEOC even and DOJ. And we also did our, our contractor assistance portal. So uh, we had two record years in terms of compliance assistance as well. And to top it all off, as part of that compliance assistance, we also created an ombuds program. Uh, that ombuds is there to help resolve disputes and to provide that compliance assistance to companies when there's a dispute in a in a review, telling them how they can best um, raise issues with the agency, work out issues with the agency, so to hopefully make the audits more efficient. So anyway, that was a lot of things. I'm sorry for talking so much, but the there were a lot of things we did in the last administration, over 100 policy initiatives. No, I appreciate it. And, you know, the balance between enforcement and compliance assistance is something that I personally have always thought we could do better at. And it sounds like that was a focus that, that you all had uh, under your leadership. So I appreciate that and, and the other insights you provided. I have to ask about the uh, former President Trump's Executive Order 13950, combating race and sex stereotyping, maybe more colloquially known as the diversity training order. Uh, I'm, as I'm sure you're aware, and our listeners are probably aware, President Biden revoked that order during his first day in office. Um, the purpose section of the executive order actually invoked President Lincoln and Dr. King, among others, but it's hard to say whether they would have been on board with the order itself, and a lot of corporations actually came out against it. Uh, what are your thoughts on that now revoked order, its purpose, how it was received, those kinds of things? Well, it wasn't just uh, corporations, the Chamber of Commerce, um, a lot of civil rights groups came out against it. I always thought that the executive order was unnecessary. I'd been pretty clear about that. I was clear about that to the White House. And I, even when I would present the executive order, I would always mention that the core part of the order, uh, the part that said that race and sex stereotyping is illegal, that that's already been illegal for decades. And so the executive order was extraordinarily controversial and frankly made my job a lot more difficult. Um, I would have much preferred just to be able to go forward with uh, our traditional executive order, 11246, and our two statutes, 503 and VEVRA. I thought it was a positive step that President Biden revoked it. Thank you for your thoughts on that. Um, POL just announced on February 1st that OFCCP settled a case with Google 
alleging that Google underpaid thousands of female workers in software engineering positions and that it discriminated against women and Asian job applicants. I understand the settlement is dated January 15th, so I expect that you may have had a hand in resolving the matter. What can you tell us about it? Does it suggest how the new Biden-Harris administration will approach things, or is it really a remnant of, of the Trump administration and, and your leadership of OSCCP? Well, I, I hope it suggests the approach of the Biden-Harris administration because I thought it was a very positive settlement. It was an IRCA settlement, uh, which means that not only is there the monetary component, but there's the enterprise-wide, uh, corporate-wide perspective relief and monitoring that ensures a more equal employment opportunity for Google employees. So, you know, I thought it was an extremely positive settlement. It was done under my leadership at OFCCP. You mentioned it was uh, January 15th. Um, I, I also, though, need to give a, a lot of credit to our Pacific region and Jane Sir, the regional director. And I also would like to say that I was very pleased and happy about the uh, comment that uh, Director Yang, Director Jenny Yang, who was my successor, uh, what she said about the settlement it was a very, it was a positive remark. And, and she indicated, which, and I do believe this will be her focus that, um, you know, uh, compensation discrimination is a significant focus of the agency and companies need to be doing their yearly audits for compensation and hiring discrimination to make sure that that's not occurring. So um, I believe it is, it, it's indicative of, of where the Biden-Harris administration will go. Um, I do think they're going to have a huge focus on pay equity. They've made that very clear. They've said that. It's, it, it does need to be a focus. There's still a significant wage gap in this country. So I think that that's something that they will build on. And I'm hopeful they'll build on the IRCA program because quicker resolutions are always a good thing. Uh, they bring uh, a remedy to the workers much quicker than a 5, 10, 15-year case. And uh, they, they fix the problem going forward. Which is, a, which is really important. And they allow the agency to spend time with more companies. Uh, it, OFCCP does something like 1,500 audits a year. If you spend years on one case, that takes resources from 10, 15, 20 other cases. And so it decreases the impact the agency can make. So um, I tried to build on what uh, Director Xu did. Um, and I hope that uh, Director Yang will build on what I did. I think she will. I think she will. Craig, thanks for sharing so much great information and so many insights into OFCCP and where it's been. Looking forward to continuing the discussion in episode two to address how OFCCP may shift its priorities in the Biden-Harris administration. Thanks to everyone for joining us on the Policy Matters podcast. To our listeners, please check out all our content on the CIFARTH website, including episode two with Craig Lean, and reach out to your friendly neighborhood CIFARTH attorneys with any questions. One more programming note, CIFART's Government Relations and Policy Group will present a webinar on Tuesday, February 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Please register on CIFART's website to join live or keep an eye out on the website for the post-webinar recording. Thanks for joining us today on the CIFART Policy Matters podcast. So you'll never miss an episode, be sure to visit CIFART.com where you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, or SoundCloud. While you're at it, we'd appreciate you sharing us with your colleagues on LinkedIn or your preferred social media.